Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Welcome, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about a subject that I know is always being talked about in the news and and uh, at work and also at home, and that is the subject of mental health. And today with us, we have Dr. Tanis Kruger. Dr. Kruger is a licensed psychologist and founder of the Kruger In- Wellness Institute located here in Niceville, Florida. Dr. Kruger, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, for being on the podcast with us. This is a new venture for, for the EOD Warrior Foundation, and we're just delighted to get some information much needed information out to our our audience and uh, we appreciate you being here well thank you i hope to provide um, some insight into ptsd and then some resources today i i am sure that you will we actually had the pleasure of meeting you over a year ago when you were just starting your practice here in niceville florida and before we get too deep into the subject of ptsd can you just tell us a little bit about yourself uh, sure, absolutely. So I am a proud EOD military spouse. I'm a military brat and a veteran myself, um, and I come from a long lineage of veteran uh, family members. I first became interested in psychology back in high school, and I joined the military shortly after. Um, through the journey of being in the military, my true passion of mental health continued to be a strength for me. So um, I was serving during 9-11 after my time was complete. I began my new journey as an EOD military spouse, working toward my doctorate. I can tell you it's been a, a challenge being a military spouse who's done uh, with an EOD tech that's done multiple combat tours um, and more deployments than we can count over the last 15, 16 years. It's been a rocky road, but um, definitely one that's been full of wonderful memories with my husband, family, and military family. That's fantastic. Well, I do you feel that your military service and also your um, you know, family history of having military members in your family and that sort of thing has led you to your pursuit of psychology or what, what really sparked your interest in that? Well, my, my initial spark, if you will, was back in high school when I had a, a series of, of tragedies and loss in, in my high school years. The mental health was introduced to me at that time. And it really put me on a path of healing and forgiveness myself. And so, um, you know, at a very young age, I remember thinking, uh, if I could do that for just one person, then my life would have purpose. So that's what put me on the journey of, milita- of um, mental health. Um, but again, as you know, my military time and, um, I've always sort of been put in these situations where I was reminded that this was the path I was supposed to be on. Um, obviously being married to EOD and, and still have family members that are in the military today. I was constantly being able to, to work towards being motivated to be in mental health so that I could be support for them and for others. That's fantastic. And I, you know, our, our life experiences absolutely contribute to, to who we are and, and maybe some of the paths that we choose. So we, we appreciate that you're, you're out there helping other people. It's my pleasure, for sure. It's, a, it's an honor to get to be part of, of our, our warrior's journeys. Um, so today we're going to talk specifically about post-traumatic stress disorder. And I think the first question that I would just like to ask is, um, you know, you mentioned to us 
a while back that about 80% of your clients are, are military service members. So yeah. can you just kind of um, go through, I guess, a definition of what post-traumatic stress disorder is in, in probably broad terms, I, I suppose, because okay, everybody's sure. experience is different, but I think that would be a good place for us to start. Okay. Well, uh very specifically, post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, is a psychiatric disorder that can occur in people who have experienced or witnessed a traumatic event, such as a natural disaster, combat, serious accident, rape, or other violent personal assault. Um, the diagnosis itself requires exposure to an upsetting traumatic event. Um, the exposure can be firsthand or indirect, and the symptoms must be present for, for a month or more. And usually we see pr symptoms present within three months, um, but we could see it delayed for up to years and years later. Right. So in some instances, you may have um, clients that come in that may have experienced a traumatic event 20 years ago, but somehow it's sort of manifesting now and they can't maybe understand why or maybe something else triggered that that event, you know, more more stress to you know, get to the point of, of needing and asking for, for some help. And it's different for every veteran. I do see veterans that are, are still active duty suffering from PTSD. I see members of uh, our retired community, veteran community that come in, and I've heard so many times, I was okay until. And whether it's retirement or life slowed down or the children left the home, um, we do see at times that there are a triggering event, and sometimes we're not sure why why now. And we can we can take a look at their previous experiences and see potentially it was always staying busy and essentially ignoring the symptoms or being able to tolerate them. And at some point, the body and the mind takes over and they're no longer able to manage the symptoms in the same way. So it's different for everyone, but I've definitely seen um, the full spectrum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes we see veterans that have lived with their entire life and just didn't have a name for it or weren't willing to seek help. And it's just gotten so bad for them that they really have no other choice so in, their, in their opinion. So, Dr. Kruger, when, uh, when you diagnose someone with PTSD, do you sometimes find that the trauma that they are experiencing that, that led to the PTSD, is that always something for military service, or, or have you found that sometimes trauma could go back further in, in their life or before their military service, and, and why, why do you think that is? Well, we definitely have to look at compound trauma at times. Sometimes the triggering event is definitely, even if I'm working with a combat veteran, is prior to the actual events of, of being in combat. Um, really, this answer is different depending on the individual. Drama can be one time, multiple times, or lasting repetitive trauma. And how a person is affected by that just depends on their um, characteristic of the individual, the types of uh, the, the event itself, the, their developmental process, what it means to have been in that trauma. Uh, was it a choice? Was it something that happened to them? And sociocultural factors. So there's really a, a global picture that has to be taken to take a look at how long have these symptoms occurred and why. And we don't always have a why. Um, we often do default to that combat time. Um, but what I have found later on in treatment following the diagnosis is that early childhood trauma um, definitely plays a role in uh, having a predisposition to having been affected in combat trauma. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, and again, this is case by case. Every individual is different. I've worked with veterans who, I mean, literally 10 combat tours, multiple uh, losses, 
um, two TBIs and one incident of a veteran I'm thinking of, metal all in one side of his body, and um, he was able to continue to do his job in um, he ended up coming in for therapy because of something that happened in childhood. And as we continue to process, of, you know, the obvious would be the combat, all that, that I just spoke with you about. Um, but what was sticking with him was something that had happened uh, with a early childhood memory with his father. Hmm. So hmm. can't always make the assumption that we know just when they present having been a um, combat veteran. And as you would imagine, we, we definitely did some combat uh, PTSD work also, but mm-hmm. he came in to deal with his childhood memory. Understand. Well, it's, yeah. it's interesting how things manifest and, mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, when you, when you have an opportunity to let it out, how, what a difference that can potentially make in your life to be able mm-hmm. to talk about it and to identify it. Um, absolutely. So, um, with, with PTSD and, and I'm speaking in, um, I guess, broader terms as far as military members, whether they're active duty, retired veteran status or what have you, a lot of times um, the families are certainly affected by by the post-traumatic stress. And do you currently work with family members as well as, as, you know, um, service members? Absolutely. That 80% you mentioned earlier um, includes military, uh, active duty, veterans, their families, and uh, retired. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we, see, we, we see the whole spectrum, absolutely. And a lot of times, I, unfortunately, I have family members who are coming to figure out how they can get their their veteran here. Right. And that was, yeah. And that was one of my next questions to you is actually how can a, can a family member or a spouse help get their warrior to get the assistance they need and not only establish potentially a diagnosis, but also then a treatment plan. Do you have any advice or suggestions in reference to that? You know, my first suggestion is always to the family member to meet their veteran where they're at, uh, trying to force treatment, tell someone something's wrong that isn't always um, adaptable for that veteran. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're making things worse when we, when we truly, truly mean well. Um, so I always say provide that social support. Don't pressure your loved one into talking. Um, just, you know, provide normal activities as much as possible. Let them take the lead. And then when appropriate, to, to offer help, uh, you know, give them feedback about what you're experiencing. If they're able to if, if it feels appropriate. Um, but it's so, so important at the beginning to just be a good listener mm-hmm. and to create trust and, and safety in the environment at home. And um, I do have a couple great resources of other ways that they can get. There's a, a the veteran community, the VA uh, system put together. It's called Coaching Into Care. And it's a website and a phone number that you can call to actually, they're able to work with the family members specifically uh, and within that community and get them direct resources and assist them on ways to communicate with the veteran. Mm -hmm. There's also an app called PTSD family coach app. And that's, that helps um, when you're living with a family member who has PTSD and can help provide support um, through that. Well, that's fantastic. I I've not heard of, of that app and in, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's easily accessible. It sounds like. It is. And of course, if the veteran is open to it, um, getting mental health services is um, you can just go to psychology today and you're able to 
you know, put in your zip code and see all the providers in your area. You can click on specialties. There is profiles there so they can read about potential providers and, um, you know, reach out for services if they're willing to um, get help. Well, and of course, the VA. The VA system is always there, but these are sure. community resources outside of the Veteran Affairs system. Well, that's excellent information to share. And I mean, it, when you when you provided those things, it wasn't just specifically to this area in the Panhandle of Florida. It's it's a it's everywhere. everywhere. As you know, they might have you know the initial symptoms here, but then they're 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 moving, they're deploying, they're. Um, it's it's how can we get them help wherever they're at? And this is this is a uh, something that we can also do globally. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, Dr. Kruger, uh, could you could you talk with our our audience about the types of therapies that are currently being offered for those with PTSD, and are there actually some that maybe you utilize specifically, or do you have choices? And uh, are there are there some that you could maybe share with us that that show to have really good positive effect? Sure. So there are uh, several primary types of treatments that uh, are offered. Well, to, to be honest, there's quite a bit of types of treatment. There's there's a few that are the most empirically validated and shown to be helpful specifically for veterans struggling with PTSD. Um, one of them is cognitive processing therapy. The other one's eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing therapy. And then, of course, prolonged exposure or medication management. Um, and I can, I can share a little bit more about those in detail if you'd like. Here at the Kruger Wellness Institute, um, we're able to provide... Um, EMDR, which is the eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And we can also provide the cognitive processing therapy. We do not do a prolonged exposure here at the Institute. Right. I've been hearing a lot about EMDR. Could you go into a little bit more on that one? Absolutely. So I do specialize myself in EMDR. Um, it is a very unique and cool therapy. It's a uh, it's a trauma-focused psychothera- psychotherapy. Um, it helps you process upsetting memories, thoughts, and feelings related to the trauma. So by processing these traumas, you can re- get relief from the symptoms. Um, it works by working on the brain's natural way to recover from traumatic memories and events. This process involves communication between the amygdala, hippocampus, which assists with learning, and the prefrontal cortex. Um, by helping reduce the stress response that's happening between these parts of the brain, we're able to remove that memory or that event that's kind of frozen in time, if you will, and help the brain process these memory and allow normal healing to resume. Is there like a certain amount of time that you work this type of therapy with someone? Is, is it something that happens quickly or does it take a certain amount of weeks or months to, uh, to have a successful outcome? Well, for, for some, you know, if you start to read the research, it's going to say one to three months. Um, personally, what happens in my work is I find that we start with the presenting events. And as we continue to do the float back, we look back at these early memories. We look to see where those specific um, events began. Other things start to come up. And so sometimes, I mean, I've had one person that was in EMDR therapy for nine months, um, but it was absolutely life-changing for them, full symptom reduction, no longer met criteria for PTSD, um, and actually was able to go back to school and just finish their master's degree. So um, it really depends. This is going to go back to my earlier statement of case-by-case, depending on um, where they're they're at, meaning are they ready to process um, specific memories, um, how well they do within that treatment, meaning sometimes we have to reprocess memories and um, how many memories we end up processing, reprocessing. Mm-hmm. 
I would imagine, though, that uh, your office is staying pretty busy and you're probably seeing some really good results uh, today. Yes, we, we are we are busy, and I like to think we're having great results. We're getting great feedback from um, uh, from all of our patients. Uh, I'm really proud of my team, and um, we're able to. I have several uh, veterans on staff, and um, so we're able to provide um, a multitude of different types of services: family, children, um, and individuals. So. Well, I can tell you that we're really glad that you're here and your office is here, and, and we're, we're really grateful to have you guys here. And uh, one of the things that I also want to kind of highlight, too, for our listeners out there is that uh, many times uh, in my experience since working with Wounded and Injured since 09, we have a lot of military members, active duty, we have veterans, or maybe even family members that are kind of either afraid to step forward, they're worried about how this is going to look either at their job or, or, or with friends, et cetera. Uh, can you share your thoughts on how you deal with, with those kind of uh, real concerns and uh, how, how do you help individuals like that get access to your services? Right. So this is a tough one um, because depending on what, if the member is still active duty, depending on what they do um, and their security clearance and, and truly the com- command to command, this is looked at differently. I always encourage the veteran to, or the active duty military member to, uh, if they feel comfortably open with their command and let leaders, leadership know what it is they're struggling with. And I'll be honest, I get calls often um, from military members who are unwilling to do so. And what we do here is we provide um, just a self-pay. We let them know that we have to follow within the same ethical guidelines if they're at risk to themselves or someone else, or if there's risk of child abuse or abandonment, we do have to report. But other than that, they're able to provide uh, self-pay, come get treatment, create some healing. Um, and again, while we're in, while they're in services, we encourage them to um, create the strength to communicate with their leadership but ultimately, our goal is to assist with healing so that they can go out and be the best uh, family member and military member and individuals that they could be. That's fantastic. Thank you. Oh, and we also here offer a HEROES discount. Um, and so we have a reduced rate for our active duty military members and families to assist with um, uh, financial resources. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, Dr. Kruger, I'm going to ask a question that you may have have actually um, already answered, but um, I just want to go back to it as we sure. were talking about the family. And, you know, how how does PTSD trickle down to the family? You can imagine that families suffer a great deal from, you know, at, at times just from our um the multiple deployments, right? That secondary stress of being uh, the family member being gone, and then they come back, and now now that military member at times, not always, of course, I, when it comes to PTSD, now that military member is returned, they're less affectionate and more and less and more volatile, and it leaves the family members feeling rejected, powerless, hopeless. Um, they often report feeling like they're walking on eggshells, uh, like they're they're not getting assistance with with the home, the daily tasks, with the children. They're shut out from their loved ones. If I had a dollar for every time I heard they don't understand or you wouldn't understand, and the family member just really feeling powerless to do anything, um, this leads to mental health problems with families, as you can imagine, anxiety, depression, uh, secondary stress, and um, which can lead to parental problems, um, poor family functioning, divorce, and unfortunately in severe cases, it can lead to, mes- to domestic violence. 
right? And you offer services um, for children as well. Um, can you tell me the ages in which you actually serve military children? We, we do mid to late adolescence. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have a specialization here in that early childhood. Um, so we generally, I believe our, our youngest child right now is eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and all ages from eight to, I believe our oldest veteran, he's a military veteran. He is 87. Mm-hmm. So from 8 to 87 right now. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. That's a broad range. <laughs> it is. It is. But it um, keeps us on our toes. It keeps us learning. It keeps us growing. It keeps us curious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we enjoy having that full spectrum, be able to meet people at all, all times and in, in developmental stages and in places in their lives. That's fantastic. Dr. Kruger, we know that you offer other services to enhance your counseling. Can you briefly tell us about those? Absolutely. So we have an integrative practice here where we look at the mind and body. So we currently provide psychotherapy services to include family, individual, and um, once we get on the other side of COVID-19, we're going to be re-offering groups, group therapy. Um, we also have a dietitian on staff to assist with um, creating healthy lifestyle choices, education. She'll even go shopping with with our family members to uh, assist with, uh, what do I pick at the grocery store and how do I cook mm-hmm. this? So we've got her on staff. That's exciting. And then we, other have, serv- we have other services coming on um, here in the near future. We hope to start including some yoga and mindfulness um, and massage therapy and some different services. Within our therapy, uh, psychotherapy services, we look at the mind and body in a way that we're looking at your exercise, we're looking at your nutrition, we're looking at your spirituality, we're looking at your social support, and um, we're, we're looking at the whole mind and body and working towards a treatment plan that can assist you with that integrative healing. Wow. That is fantastic. Um, and with with that, for our listeners, I just wanted to let everybody know we are going to do a part two with Dr. Kruger that's going to address the the health and wellness side of her practice as far as sleep hygiene and just diet exercise and all those sorts of things so please stay tuned for that and we appreciate you 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 know doing this with us twice <laughs> and and getting Absolutely, all the information my pleasure <laughs> yeah um what what keeps you motivated dr kruger oh my patients mm-hmm. yeah There is nothing more rewarding than seeing someone come in with their life in pieces and watching them do the work to put it back together and begin to live in a way that is fulfilling and they just blossom. And it's such, it's, it's such an honor to be part of that. And, And that's what keeps me motivated, keeps me learning and keeps me, like I said earlier, curious, always seeing each individual as an individual Mm-hmm. Well, curiosity is a is a great thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I tell my staff we we do weekly supervisions and we talk all the time about you know if someone walks in the door and has got diagnosis of X, Y, and Z. Be curious. Don't take that for don't take that as as truth. Mm-hmm. And know mm-hmm. them, know their journey. Um, the diagnosis we we have to give a diagnosis to provide services, unfortunately. Um, but it's, it's just something written on a piece of paper. We see them as a human, as an individual. And, um, you know, how can we help them in all, all areas of their life, not just what they're presenting with? That's, that's, that's really super important because I think sometimes people can have a tendency to just identify 
with themselves just simply from the diagnosis standpoint and not thinking that they're anything other than that. We see it so often where they be, they become that becomes their identity, and sometimes what we have to do is work to create comfort around removing that identity to even start the healing. Because if you've identified as your whole life, well, I'm just always anxious. I'm an anxious person. That's how I am, you know, and um, this is how I'm always going to be. And I've been on medication since I was nine, and um, but now it's affecting their their social life, their job, and it's gotten to the point where if they don't do something else to assist with that anxiety, they're going to lose their job or um, they're not completing tasks, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But even working with people to get them to see that carrying that label of I'm an anxious person, working to deconstruct that is the first process in even treating the anxiety Mm -hmm. in some cases. Because being able to to accept that you can change so that we can begin the healing process can be a very, very difficult process when that's just, that's who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's just one example of a label and we could go down the list with mental health disorders and could see how um, that could create a, a bias on how they view themselves in life. Sure. Yeah. Dr. Kruger, this information is really amazing and, and we so appreciate you taking time and coming on today. And uh, one of the things I'm really looking forward to in part two, which I don't think you went over, was the part about sleep hygiene. So I'm looking forward to learning about sleep hygiene and how that affects uh, your overall health. And I'm sure that uh, not only can someone who may, might be struggling with mental health uh, use that information, but I think everybody could use that. I think we all need more sleep and, uh, and, and learn how sleep really affects our day-to-day wellness. So if someone is interested in your services here in the local area, how can they contact you? Uh, two ways. They can go to our website, uh, com, or they can give us a call at 850-842-2424. Great. Thank you. So, Dr. Kruger, you shared with us a little bit of how PTSD trickles down to the family. And speaking of the family, what are some of the warning signs that uh, spouses and, and maybe uh, older older children that understand what's going on. What are, what are what are some of the warning signs that that they could look for in their loved one that that maybe something is wrong here? Sure, thank you. That's a great question. Um, so there are actually quite a bit of symptoms. What I'm going to do is just share a little bit about them, and um, we'll just go down the the list. Essentially, you you will see negative changes in their in their thoughts or moods. Um, sometimes it's it's that a ne- that really negative. Conf- um, cognitions where they're saying, you know, everything's, everything's bad and they're angry all the time. Uh, persistent feelings of fear, guilt, or shame, recurrent intrusive reminders of the traumatic event. So, um, you'll see flashbacks, which they actually feel like that event's happening again. Um, you might notice that your family member is, um, having nightmares, waking up a lot at night or screaming. Um, You'll see that they, at times, are avoiding anything that reminds them of the traumatic event, maybe not wanting to watch the movies, not wanting to go specific places. This could include people, places, thoughts, or any kind of situation. Um, We do see a lot of withdrawal, unfortunately, from family and friends. We see a lot of sleep problems. We see... um, loss of interest in activities. So it's not even just the avoidance of the activities that remind them of the event, but we'll also see them not wanting to go out to dinner or not wanting to go to the fair or not wanting to do the things that they used to enjoy. Um, we, I, we do see a lot of complaints with, oh, with trouble concentrating, um, feeling numb. You'll notice that your veteran is on edge or on guard. 
And some of the more significant symptoms that we can look for are excessive alcohol use, sometimes leading to DUI, violent rages, reckless behavior, job loss, and unfortunately, any thoughts or words that are leading to the idea of wanting to create self-harm or suicide. Yes, I uh, unfortunately we hear that quite a bit here at the foundation. We have uh, had calls and inquiries into reaching out for help and assistance, and of course, we're always trying to get them the resources and and encouraging them to make that call, make that connection, so that you can get help. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you. Absolutely, and I and this might be a good time to just go ahead and share that resource. One eight hundred two seven three talk. Our veterans can text call. Um, and uh, get the support that they need. They don't even have to give their full information. Thank you. That's a very good resource to share. Absolutely. Dr. Kruger, what do you hope our listeners will gain from your interview with us today? That there's hope, that there's people that care. There are a multitude of services. There are um, ways to get, get treatment. There are um, so many outstanding veterans that have these wonderful stories of healing uh, that if given the opportunity, they would love to share with them. Um, overall, I just hope that um, a military spouse um, um, or member hears that we're here for them and that they can reach out to you. They can reach out to us here. Um, there's veteran resources and um, that there is hope and there is, is the possibility of healing and finding um, stability and health in their life. Thank you. Do you do you have any books that you would like to recommend or share just maybe on PTSD or just, you know, um, wellness, you know, mental health wellness in general? Sure. So I, I, when I was back as a first time deployment spouse, and this was in the heat of, you know, Iraq and the towers had just fallen. Um, one of the books that was actually given to me prior to all of my mental health training was Once a Warrior, Always a Warrior. And I, at the time, found that very helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that I've heard people um, have good experience with, there's, they're, honestly, we're, we're so lucky. There are so many great resources out there. Mm-hmm. Let me say that. Um, Haunted by Combat is another one that I've heard people have um, seem to benefit from reading. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a newer one that I haven't read, but I've had two veterans in the last week mention this. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I have to mention it. Okay. I always sit with my back to the wall. Oh, so I will be purchasing on Amazon and reading that myself here in the next week or so. And the last book I'd like to mention as a resource for anyone that's struggling with any type of trauma, we talk about PTSD, we focused on veterans, but maybe there's a military spouse or veteran who suffered from sexual assault or um, a traumatic event. The Body Keeps Score mm-hmm. is an excellent book. It's It can be a tough read at times. It's got great historical uh, information in there about PTSD. Um, it talks about how the brain, body, and mind are all connected. And um, I feel like that's a great resource for anyone that struggles with any type of trauma. Mm-hmm. I actually have that book at home. I haven't read it yet, but a coworker gave me that book, and I yeah. um, was very interested yeah. in uh, it's it's on a stack of, of books that I need to read. I know I have a stack too. <laughs> I, I I've um, I've I recommended this to, to um, many 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 of my clients. Mm-hmm. All of my interns, all the interns that I work with, have to read it. Residents, um, 
because it just does such a nice job. He, it, there's some historical data in there too to kind of see the journey of PTSD. Mm-hmm. And um, it really, like I said, it, it can be a tough read in some parts, mm-hmm. but it's also high, very educational and creates so much understanding about why the brain holds itself in this this frozen state of mm-hmm. feeling like it's immobilized essentially to remove itself from this stressful situation, it feels stuck and it assists in helping learn how the nervous system is unable to return to its normal state of balance um, because the body keeps score and how we can assist, how we can work towards healing and recovery. That's really cool. And you've definitely encouraged me to pick that book back up and, and read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough when you do tough work, like you, you guys do excellent work there at the EOD World Foundation. And when you're doing mental health work throughout the day, sometimes it's hard to go home and pick up a book um, like this and read it. But I definitely think um, we can all benefit from spending the time doing so. Yes, I do too. I do too. Yeah. And let me see, how about a self-care tip? If you If you could give just one, what would it be? Ooh, just one. Uh, let me cheat. Okay. Take care of your body. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look, we get one. We get one body, right? Yes. And whether it's exercise for you or nutrition or it's sleep, um, whatever it is that best fuel you and heals you in a way that it fills your tank enough to wake up the next day and give it the best you got, take care of your body. That's Make yourself a priority. Great advice. Great advice. <laughs> Was that cheating? <laughs> no, it wasn't cheating. It was awesome. <laughs> um, so uh, the last set of questions I have for you are just for fun. We always, you know, we have a tendency to talk about tough subjects sometimes. And I always want to end on a lighter note and, you know, put some positive positive things out in the air for everybody. But um, these are just like rapid fire questions. And I'm going to ask you three, three or so. And okay. um, so here we go. On your mark, set, go. All right. <laughs> and we're off. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Night owl. Oh, okay. Do you like the mountains or the ocean? Depends on the season. Okay. How about comedy or drama? Drama. Mm, okay. Very cool. What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite movie out of all of that? My favorite movie is A Few Good Men with the caveat of anything that includes Denzel Washington. I can't really choose between the two. Gotcha. I like anything he does, but also if I had to pick one movie, it'd be A Few Good Men. Okay. Very good. It's a great movie. <laughs> it is a great, great movie. movie. It is. See? That's the kind of drama I like. Timeless movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's a really good movie. We we are just so incredibly grateful that you gave us this opportunity to be on the podcast with us and, you know, just share the wealth of information. I think our military community in general is is craving this sort of information and, and letting them know that it's okay. You know, they're not they're definitely not alone and, and there's also, as you said, there's hope and there's help out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um I'd like to close with some resources. I mentioned some resources during the podcast, but we really didn't um, extend on those. So if I could do a recap on those for anyone who is at the end going, hey, what was that resource that was mentioned? Yes, please. Okay. Um, So when it comes to family members and the ability to navigate talking with our veteran, um, there's a couple of of great resources. The first one is helpguide.org. This is going to have a long list for both the veteran and or the family member. 
um, on how to help someone with PTSD. It's got talking points, what to say, what not to say when approaching your veteran um, on Army Seeking Services. And then there's also some information for military members and, and veterans on um, a better understand PTSD. Why is the brain stuck? It's got some suicide prevention information. So it's, it's just a really, really well put together resource that's got a lot of information uh, on that site. Um, I'll re-mention coaching into care for our family members who are not sure how to approach um, their their veteran or active duty military member on potentially needing care. So coaching into care, that phone number is one 823 7458 or you can go to mirecc.va.gov. And again, coaching into care is a they aim to educate, support, and empower family members and friends who are seeking care and services for their veteran. And so we're going to help you through that, and they're going to give you local resources. Um, there's the PTSD Family Coach app. You should be able to just go to any app store, type that in, and that'll come up. For our active duty and military veterans who want resources, they have uh, or an app. There is an actual PTSD app that the veteran that the um, the VA has put together. Um, so there's a family member version and a uh, the actual veteran uh, version. There's also an app called CBT iCoach. Um, that is going to be for sleep. If you're having concerns with sleep, we'll talk more about that next week. And I'll have more resources available next week also. Thank you, Dr. Kruger, for all those great resources. I'm sure our audience is uh, going to spend some time looking at those because I'm, I know that they're going to be very helpful. And we really appreciate your time today, and we are so much looking forward to doing part two with you soon. And so thank you very much for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. It was, my, it was my pleasure, my honor. Thank you, Dr. Kruger. Have a great weekend. Thank you, you too. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.